Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we'll pick up with part two of what we started last week, a look at Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. This passage records the sending out of the twelve disciples. Jesus commissioned the twelve to go out and preach the gospel to all the surrounding country, but he gave them a gift to help them, the divine power to heal all manner of infirmity and the authority over demons to command them to depart. Well, when we read passages like this, what should we take from them? Jesus here instructed the twelve apostles. Does that mean you are instructed likewise? And Jesus empowered them with his divine power to perform miracles. Does that mean you're provided with the same power? Well, the answer should be an obvious no to both questions, but some Christians are still confused by questions like that. And if the answer is no, then what should we do with passages like this that were spoken to specific people who are not us in specific circumstances which are not ours? Pastor Jim will help us wrestle with these considerations this week and will also remind us of some important principles for proper interpretation of Scripture. Here is today's slice of the message entitled Apostles Boot Camp Part 2. Unbelief comes from all ethnicities, all backgrounds. And he was preparing the apostles to understand that in Israel, and eventually it would be so among the Jews, although this wasn't his purpose at this time, some would believe, no matter where they went, but most would not, would not believe. And when the bulk of the Jews, and especially their spiritual leaders, rejected the gospel, Jesus would tell them later, and we'll see it as we move along in Mark, that your house is being left to you desolate, and we're going to the Gentiles. Now, Matthew adds, again, something that Mark doesn't, and it's very easy to see why. Matthew writing for Jews, he knew his audience would understand this. Mark writing for Gentiles, figured his audience probably wouldn't understand this. Matthew 10.15, same incident, Jesus said this, Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city, that city which rejects you when you preach Christ. So, the Jews would have understood the reference to Sodom and Gomorrah. We use them as a a, a metaphor for wickedness, right? I mean, we even have a, uh, we've even taken the name of one of those cities and named a specific sin after that city. So what does it mean it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for those who were re- going to reject the message of the apostles? Frankly, I can't think of what would be worse than being in the lake of fire. But there are this and many passages that, uh, that infer that there are degrees of eternal punishment, just as there are degrees of uh, eternal reward. But the principle is this, the more information you have, 
when you reject Jesus, the more severe your punishment. Now, understand this. You have more information than did the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. You have more information than did the people who heard the message from the apostles on this preaching trip. So, you are all the more accountable. And again, what kind of principles do you find based upon what this text means? Well, I think, again, there's more than one. First of all, you don't need to go around stomping your feet when people don't believe. But you do need to learn to be wise about who to spend your time with. When people hear the gospel, they may not respond immediately. I hazard to say that virtually, well, certainly the vast majority of people in this room have given their lives to Jesus Christ. But a lot of you did not believe the very first time that you heard the gospel. I did. I'm weird. We've known that for a long time. It's very rare, as a matter of fact, for people to repent upon the first hearing of the gospel. So, you're to be going to these places and be preaching there and keep doing that, but you have to learn to be wise about who you spend lots of time with. It's a good thing to continue friendship with people who need the Lord. How are they going to hear if we don't go to them? But when someone understands the gospel, comprehends what it means, and makes a clear choice to reject the gospel and to reject you because you're a messenger of the gospel, it's time to move on. It's, it's good for you to have friendships among people or with people who, who don't know Christ. But if they reject Christ, it's not right for you to adapt yourself to live like them in the world to keep the friendship when you're denying the most important thing about you. So move on. Second principle you can see here. Negative responses to the gospel do not mean stop preaching the gospel. (laughs) That's pretty obvious. Jesus was rejected by most. All those crowds around Jesus, when it says that there was such a crowd that they had trouble eating a meal, when uh, such a crowd that when somebody touched him, they they said, "Well, how can you tell which one touched you?" Most of those rejected the Messiah, most of them. Uh, The apostles were rejected ultimately by most people that they preached to. All but one of them was murdered, and he got exiled to a lonely island. Keep preaching, just as they did. Probably the best way to to encapsulate this principle is concentrate your efforts where there is good fruit. It's not our call to become like worldly people in the name of winning them. It's our call to go to them in love, do whatever we can to show compassion and grace and kindness and share the gospel with them. 
and concentrate where there is fruit, not rejection. So, Apostles Boot Camp, learn teamwork, trust God to supply your needs, concentrate on good fruit. Number four, preach the gospel clearly. Now, this one doesn't need a whole lot of thought for how to connect the one-time instruction to the apostles to the standing orders for us. This one isn't even stated in the name of, uh, stated in the form of a command. It says what happened. Verse 12, they went out and preached that men should repent. Now, where'd they get that idea? Well, after there hadn't been a prophet in Israel for 400 years, along came John the Baptist, and what did he preach? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus came along, and John the Baptist introduced him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And what did Jesus preach? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you can be sure that when the apostles went about among people who knew very well that they were sent by Jesus, that um, the response that they asked for was repentance. Now, what does that mean? Well, repent means uh, ultimately, literally, change your mind. it's It's a change of mind, but it's also a change of direction. It's not just accepting a new idea, it's choosing a new path. It's turning from your sin and turning toward God. Leave behind the, the man-made works of righteousness, said John the Baptist to the, to the Jews who were steeped in the false doctrine of the Pharisees. Turn, follow the Savior. Now, Again, we need to make a little differentiation between what the apostles were preaching on their short evangelistic trip and what you and I preach today. It's not that the message is fundamentally different, but the circumstances are different. They were preaching while Jesus was present. They were limited to preaching to the Jews. Jesus isn't physically present now. We're clearly not limited to preaching to the Jews. So uh, we have a little fuller message, if you will. Uh, You aren't preaching while He's present before He went to the cross. You have the completed story of redemption. So when we preach the gospel, we have the whole thing. The gospel has always been good news. It's always been a message of repentance. It's always been a message about salvation. But we know the whole thing, and it's stated very concisely for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is a great place to look for this. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, Paul is remembering and reciting what he preached when he went to Corinth. Spent a year and a half there preaching preaching the gospel and planting that church. And he says this, Now I make known to you, brethren... The gospel which I preached to you, by which also you are saved. Here's what I preached to you. Here's what you believed in order to be saved. He says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. That's what the gospel is. Christ died for our sins. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ in response to our sins, that's the gospel. Now, there's a lot of so-called gospel preaching today that is woefully short of 
the real gospel. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.